3: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think.
4: Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical.
0: Good evening, Lewis, to the season finale of Irrational Fear for the beginning of 2023. Hey,
3: RIP to the uh, longest-running Australian podcast in history.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, Michelle Laurie put on Facebook that her little True Crime podcast has hit 63 million downloads, and she said in 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 the post, I don't know what these numbers mean, but you know, what make of it what you will. I'm like, well, we're about to hit a million after 10 years. So well done, Michelle Laurie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you're doing great. Yeah, hey, true crime would have been a much better choice.
0: It, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we made a joke a few weeks ago about Mark Fennell going to create crimes to cover those crimes for his podcast. But it does sound lucrative, you know, when you mm. think about it.
3: <laughs> I, I think that's what we should be looking into next season. One of us... Should die, <laughs> and then you just commit the whole. You could be like, "This this year's irrational fear is all
0: about the solving fear the I had about <laughs> Lewis dying, yeah. yeah. Look, we can't do the show without our Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Nick and Gary who signed up this week to Patreon. Nick was already a supporter, but he upped their support to a hundred dollars a year. Thank you, Nick. That's really great. I'm hoping the Patreon grows by about a hundred supporters over the next few months because. um We want to bring on an assistant to do things like publishing and booking. And murdering. (laughs) You get the podcast first. It comes ad-free. You get to see video works in progress. You get discounts to our live shows. You also get to ask questions when we've got a big interview. Also, you get access to the Discord, which is kind of like a, a chat group of very online fans of the podcast who all make jokes about climate and politics all day long. It's quite a very nice place to be online. So go to patreon.com forward slash irrational fear. I'm recording my end of irrational fear on the land of the Yagamber people. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show.
2: The following program contains medium coarse language and traces of nuts. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Comedians, Experts, experts laughing at the world as it burns down.
0: Around us, <laughs> this is Are you ready? a rational fear. Tonight, the Writers Guild of America has gone on strike, claiming they cannot be expected to make a living in their current destitute conditions fit for an Australian writer, And Russia alleges Ukraine tried to assassinate Vladimir Putin after drones attacked his residence at the Kremlin. Putin says this time it's personal. And Buckingham Palace prepares the monarchy for modernity with a coronation ceremony that involves a magic stone, oil from a duck, a thousand-year-old spoon, reading from ancient texts and a belief that one man was chosen by God to rule over 70 million people in a very specific geography. It's the 5th of May and this is the podcast that lasts for the most depressing news. This is Irrational Fear.
2: This is Irrational Fear.
0: Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former F45 franchisee, Dan Illich, and this is the podcast that takes the saddest news and gives them a little tickle. Let's meet our fear mongers. He's the smart smartass smart ass who's worked out why Melbourne audiences laugh a little differently from radio and the telly. It's Craig Quartermain. Craig, welcome to <laughs> hey, the podcast okay, again. Man,
5: thank you for remembering my intro.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. What's <laughs> up? What's up with Melbourne audiences? Why do they laugh differently?
5: Nothing. Nothing. I, I love a good... Circle Jerk, where no one actually gets off, otherwise known as the Melbourne Comedy (laughs) um, Festival.
0: And at the start of this year, she completed 150 consecutive marathons in a row to help save endangered animals, which is much easier than my goal of eating 150 endangered animals in a row. It's Akana Murray-Bartlett. Akana, you've done it. You did it at the beginning of the year. Well done. Have you recovered
6: yet? I'm here. I just woke up. Four, Four month nap.
0: Oh, you've been in hibernation. Yeah,
6: yep, yep. I've been eating and sleeping since uh, January the 16th. That's all I've been doing.
0: <laughs> and it's the man who refuses to have 150 of anything. It's Lewis Hobber. Oh, welcome, <laughs> that's Lewis. true.
4: That is welcome. true. Yeah.
3: I remain destitute, um, ancient. But, you know, I, I'm still here. And that's not true. We have 150 episodes of this episode. Um, uh, never-ending podcast.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. That's right. We're, we're probably coming up to 150th soon.
6: Well, congratulations. That's a huge achievement.
0: Oh, Actually, <laughs> so I believe I believe Mate. we're up to 189. Uh, so we are we are well past. We are well past 150. And they
5: said it wouldn't they, me. Said it wouldn't
0: last. (laughs) Craig Quartermain said it wouldn't last. last.
5: That's no, that's a huge effort. All jokes aside, that is actually, uh, which is going to be the original name of the podcast. Um, It it was actually a huge effort, guys. So well
0: done. Uh, Coming up later, we're going to be chatting with Persephone Fraser from Australian Ethical. We'll ask her how ethical the federal budget is shaping up to be. But first, here is a message from this week's sponsor.
2: My dear loyal and disloyal subjects, this forthcoming weekend is finally my coronation. In a move to modernize the monarchy, I'm inviting all of you to swear allegiance to me, King Charles. And in a very progressive move, I, King Charles, invite you to choose your own swear words. To do just that. Some of my personal favorites include, but are not limited to, Dick. Numpty, Wiffle Waffle, Fuck, a personal favorite of mine, fop Fopdoodle, Gadzooks, and of course, Harry, Megan, and Andrew. Any of these are enough to get you started, so feel free to mix and match. For example, all hail his royal Wiffle Waffle fucking King Charles. Or herald his highness, Fopdoodle Numpty, Andrew Dick, King Charles. So this weekend, right around the world, may you all enjoy swearing at me while I'm being sworn in, in a very progressive and modern way. You fucking peasants! Yes,
0: yes, well done. Thank you, Prince Charles. Oh, fuck, King Charles. So nice, so nice to have your company. This week's first fear: the Northern Territory government says it is satisfied that the recommendations of an independent inquiry into fracking have been met. Well, if the Northern Territory government says it's fine, then I guess it's fine. Let the once-in-a-generation methane extraction begin! Hooray! <laughs> Yes, critics say that it, it is simply insanity to do such a thing in a cr- climate crisis. But the chief minister dismissed the critics as a bunch of cynics, saying, "Hey, let's turn methane into usthane." And then went on to suggest that the opening the largest ever fossil fuel development in living memory is going to help the transition away from fossil fuels. Fearmongers, how will this event help us transition away from fossil fuels, Craig?
5: I live in Queensland. My neighbors have the Confederate flag on the back of their U. Um, there is every time I feel like Queensland's backwards, then I remembered I'd lived in the Northern Territory for three years. And none of this really shocks me. I'm actually more impressed with fracking and not just kind of shooting the ground. <laughs> the like there's <laughs> oh, it's it's so – think about how corrupt the larger states are and in their in their governments and their, their state governments. In the Territory, legit, these dudes talk over the back fence to each other. It's that um, small time. I was an actual journalist up there. At the, it's hilarious how these deals get done. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was just a few cartons involved in these deals that are enabling this stuff to happen. It's not as – Cloak and dagger, <laughs> as as it should be, but man, I, when white people figure out you need water, it'll it'll be fine. We'll see, we'll it'll turn around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, honestly, think uh, like it's just it's, it's blokes hanging out at the fence, going, "Oh yeah, I'll give you give you a few beers for a few billion dollars worth <laughs> of gas."
5: It was these super intelligent people just outsmarting us, and you know, you know you meet a conspiracy theorist, and then they think that it's all. Complicated, man. They're, they're doing all these backdoor deals. And no, it's really not that complicated, it, but it's so blatant that it's insulting. And unfortunately, up there, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, backlash. I did see a lot of vision too, the people, you know, protesting along the fences. Still shocked that the Australian police know how to. Keep people off land like that. Was, <laughs> yeah, was, like, where did they get that training?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Like the uh, activists have said that basically there's a whole bunch of recommendations that the government has uh, 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 completely ignored, including a recommendation that requires the government to ensure there be no net increase in life cycle greenhouse gas emissions in Australia from gas projects from the Beetaloo, which is kind of the <laughs> big one. <You're>, you <laughs> want to frack gas... But the recommendations say, "Hey, you can't really increase any greenhouse gas emissions," and the government's come out to say, "Yeah, no, nah, no've nah, we've, we've met that recommendation. It doesn't kind yeah. of not a add single
5: up. one of the recommendations is frack. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, single, not a
5: single one of them
0: it's um yeah,
5: it is it's embarrassing how blatant it is, but when states as backwards as queensland and wA start going green, that is when Somewhere that like the Northern Territory will be like, what? Lead. Hey, let's let's put that and stuff. that be oh, so you, you
0: reckon that the Territory is getting in before, before Queensland get their, get their regulations in.
5: Uh, it's so hard to tell. Like it, you go back to the last federal election. They're calling us Greensland up here now because we have got more <laughs> Green senators
0: than they do in Victoria. Oh, I'm broadcasting is, from Greensland right now. Insane. It's wonderful. <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah, I heard when you said can bear. Yeah, I don't know, man. I wish I had the answer, but it's uh, the f- when you have rivers that bubble. Yeah. Kind of like, nah, I just want more project. It's odd. And I am drinking sparkling water.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the fanciest kind, Craig. I think you're, what you're forgetting is that when you go to a restaurant and you ask what kind of water you want, when you're feeling like you want to treat yourself, you get that water public. And the Northern Territory government are just saying, we're turning Mount Franklin into Perrier and all I hear are whinges from you.
0: This is a perfect (laughs) campaign. This is wonderful. Akana, would you ever run for Perrier bubbling water from Northern Territory? I wouldn't
6: wouldn't mind. I don't know how running with a a stomach full of bubbles fares. But, um, no, having been on the extreme side of uh, (laughs) environmental activism, I literally ran 6,300 kilometres for the climate debate. I think when you hear stories like this, Coming forward, you just think, oh, I might just have a big couple of nihilism and go back to bed. So it's just it's frustrating.
0: <laughs> you didn't run, run enough, Sakana. You needed to run <laughs> 151 6, marathons, Sakana.
4: You're doing? one marathon short from oh. radical climate action. I
6: think it's only 3,000 Ks to this to this area that's being fracked. So I don't know. I'll put my shoes on and I'll get going.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: no, it'll, it'll, There'll be nothing there by the time you make it, unfortunately.
6: <laughs> just bubbly water. I'll be fine.
3: Mm.
0: David Pocock tweeted that emissions from the Bedaloo Basin are about the same as the emissions from all of 140 years of Australia's domestic flights. <laughs> isn't Holy that Isn't that a wild metric? I, hang on. Yeah. Do you count the first 10 or so? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, to know to if the Wright that? brothers were
5: chugging out that many emissions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, well, the Wright brothers—they were at a different market, weren't they? They weren't in Australia's domestic <laughs> domestic flights. Yeah, I'm yeah. really concerned that this Peterloo um, decision means we'll see an exponential increase in Christopher Bowen and Tanya Plibersek saying how environmentalistic they are. I think that's going to be—you
5: leave Tanya's name out your mouth. Yeah, <laughs>
0: okay, that's, right, right.
5: We go way back. All right, that's my that's my original crush. Just don't tell me she's evil. <laughs> I need some I need some good politicians in my world, and Tanya was top of the list. <laughs>
0: You're right. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I drive past her office um, many days, and there's a so do I. I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Until they put out that APO, and they're like, "Come on, Craig." (laughs) There's a there's a billboard space there, right opposite her office, that you know clearly a lot of green activists have eyes on because every time I drive past, there's a brand new dear Tanya poster there, and you know, as someone who's had billboard experience, I really understand uh, that that billboard. Space. It's valuable, valuable activism space
3: there. <laughs> can the federal government stop this from happening?
5: Well, that's the thing with a lot of, um, like you said, the territory, they don't have their own self governance. And so, yeah, it is, this is a federal uh, fuck up. And it's, you know, not unlike, but it's like when the intervention happened, you know whose fault it is, but that everybody can actually just palm it off and say, oh, no, nah, it's not our decision, that's theirs. And it's just this. Horrible, um, it was, but it's considered such a small market. This um, gas company is obviously paying the right people to not be halted. It's just not, co- and it's just not causing. Uh, somebody tried to mine for coal seam gas in Margaret River uh, under a bunch of vineyards, maybe ten years ago. Hmm. Guess what happened to that? <laughs> there was another, the right people were able to stop it.
3: Oh. Have you considered um, planting some <laughs> wine <laughs> in the Beetaloo Basin? Uh,
5: I tried some Queensland wine. I ain't, ain't <laughs> not none from the bloody NT, no bloody way, that's all.
2: rational
4: fear. Fracking will go ahead in the Beetaloo Basin. The government admits it won't be able to deal with the emissions from the actual burning of gas for energy. Now is the time for the Northern Territory to provide the energy that the world needs to transition to renewable energies.
0: This week's second fear, the vape debate. Mark Butler, health minister, is cracking down on vapes. Some say it's a political decision, claiming that the minister is in the pocket of big dork and is running a very real risk of getting a wedgie from the cool lobby. Under the new regulation, vapes are going to need a prescription. They're going to be sold in a pharmacy. They're going to have pharmaceutical-like packaging. Certain flavours and colours will be banned. All single-use vapes will also be banned. Fearmongers, what do you think about these new vape regulations, Akana?
6: I think as a, as a non-smoker, this world really fascinates me. Uh, I didn't actually realise you could get so many flavours, so I can 100% see why we have a youth substance <laughs> abuse issue, because you can get strawberry, <laughs> custard, raspberry mm. vanilla. I think personally though, I'd 100% go with like the minty fresh flavour, you know, it saves you that real scary moment when you're hidden away in your bedroom having a secret (laughs) e-darring and you can hear your (laughs) mum's car pull in the driveway and you just have to quickly frantically find a tic-tac and wave the smoke (laughs) out the window.
0: and your mum comes in and says, why does it smell like Listerine in here? (laughs) Yeah,
6: yeah, you don't have to worry about that. It's just this beautiful air freshener flavour. No, full disclosure though, I was uh, not really trendy enough in high school to get onto the the cigarette trend. Um, The only trend I really got behind was (laughs) one that probably should face the same regulatory treatment as vaping's getting now and that was saying yes every time Mac has asked me if I wanted to supersize my big Mac meal. So I don't know if it... <laughs> it's healthier to have a vanilla custard vape or a kilo of fries and a liter of Coke? So, I think it <laughs> needs, I think it needs to be done. I think, uh, personally, having you know a, a generation of teenagers or even younger, I hear it's an issue in primary schools, um, addicted wow. to nicotine and who I mean I don't even know what is else is in vapes. So I think it, I think it is something that needs to be be cracked down on. So.
0: Lewis, we've previously openly mocked you on this podcast for your vaping. <laughs> are you currently? Uh-huh. Are you currently stocking up on your favourite bubblegum flavour? <laughs> do you know
3: the? Because I'm, I'm not really vaping anymore. I um, I went and saw a hypnotherapist, and he got me off the vape train. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, are you
0: now on the watch train? It's
5: <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be supportive, so I tried not to giggle. That's uh,
0: no, no. Giggle what away. is
6: your favourite flavour? Uh, do you have a favourite? A go-to face?
0: <laughs> I
3: I was mint yeah. all the way, nothing but mint from start to finish. Um, I love, I love having fresh breath. That's really for me. It was just a, it was just a mint um, that I was horrendously addicted to. Uh, I look, I do, I. The last time they threatened to bring in these regulations, when they were like, "Oh, we're going to make a prescription," I did a huge buy up out of the states and got, a, I got a full shipment in. Press up, I was ready you're for the got a Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then then my partner got pregnant and we um, you know very solemnly We went down threw to the local primary
4: school and <laughs> sold it all we, and we at, made a killing at lunchtime
3: <laughs> Bought a house in Point Piper. Uh it's the best decision I ever made. Um but no this, this time I'm I'm personally happy. Like I, I do the less I can be tempted, the better for me personally. But I do think that just given the two topics we're looking at back to back here. How many more kids will die <laughs> from fracking the Beetaloo basin than letting them have a little vapor late <laughs> in the behind the shelter sheds? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the amount of time and effort we are I, dedicating to vape. And look, I'm not like it is so crazily addicted. i smoked before I vaped. Mm. And I would say vaping was a thousand times more addictive than smoking. Are you like, saying I that just,
0: vaping would be a climate anxiety coping mechanism?
3: I mean, that sounds good enough for me to justify keep going. And so yes, <laughs> um, no. But like, I, all I mean is just like, in a how many people, how many kids are gonna die? They're gonna die from the climate, crisis, the fires, <laughs> before the, the vape floods. Gets to
6: them. They're, they're... Like
3: before the vape even touches the sides. <laughs> Do you think we could- Let them have a little fun. Let them have a good 10 years before this whole planet goes <laughs> down the gurgle. Bubblegum
5: fun. Five. They'll get five. <laughs> They'll get five. Sorry. I'll, yes.
3: I'll get- honestly, like, unless they brought- plan to become professional athletes in the next five years, let them vape.
0: Are you, um, are you, are you <laughs> excited about getting a prescription, Lewis, and getting your first vape from a, from a pharmacist?
3: I honestly could never. As soon as Dominic Perrottet admitted that he vaped, that uh, <laughs> took my desire down about 50%. I was like look at that dork and then as soon as they were like oh you'll have to go and see a doctor about it I was like I could never look my doctor in the eye and ask for a vape I'd rather look her in the eye and say I think I've got gonorrhea of the face than say give me a Vape prescription. What an awful, shameful thing to have to say to an adult.
5: Because it was cool up until then?
3: (laughs) It was fun up until then, Craig. I'm not saying it was cool, but it was fun, you know. It was just Just, a couple of us getting together and trying something
5: new. There's no logical reason to do it. I just wish these grown adults who vape were just like, I like thinking I'm a dragon. That's why I do it. That's all it is. There's no deeper thought.
3: But the reality is that all this will mean is that if they do stop selling them in convenience stores, which I don't think they will, but even if they do, it'll just go back to what it was when vape started like three years ago, which is just the same as cocaine. You have a guy's (laughs) number, you text him, he comes around to your house, he drops off 10 vapes. like. That's what was happening in most places around the country before they were readily available.
5: Excuse me, someone who could afford cocaine. <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> I, this is what I read at news.com. When, you, when you're running down those highways and you're breathing in those fumes, was that like vaping?
6: Yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't raspberry vanilla flavored, but it was, it was similar, got the same effect.
0: It was 98 octane. I'll tell you what, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, if they had diesel, I'd give it a go. <laughs> Lewis,
5: I've, I've never smoked. Because I was born after nineteen
0: eighty, <laughs> but
5: was the the vape is this hit the same? Partly, I think it's more addictive just
3: because of the the social stigma isn't there. Like you can't s- like smoke inside anymore. You know what I mean? Like you can't just sit around in your bedroom and smoke. Whereas everyone I know who vapes vapes indoors. They vape in the toilet. They vape in their bedroom. Like the just the frequency that you can do it is so extreme that you end up just having. Like I would, when I would smoke cigarettes, it was like once a couple of, like every few days, like I wasn't like a pack a day smoker. I just liked to have a cigarette every now and again. But then as soon as I started vaping, I was like, well, I can do this anywhere. <laughs> like there was a time where people were just vaping openly in the office at my work. Like it was like we were mad men for, for like six months before people were like, oh, this is really bad. Yeah, wow.
5: The, vaping in the green room at a comedy club. Like I, they're just, the, the way people pretend like it doesn't, have a scent and that it doesn't make the air <laughs> shitty. God, man. It, and it, again, anyone who's shared a green room with me knows it doesn't take much to get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> <But,
4: laughs>
5: like, quick, hide your <laughs> face. It's old man, Yeah, all the, all the, nearly every comedian smokes cigarettes. Yeah. And then, yeah, once it was vaping, you, like you said, everyone was in the green room. The, the, the tightest space within the whole club, everyone was vaping. It just, It was like yeah. going back in time.
3: If you have anxiety, there's a
0: 99% chance you've ate.
3: And it doesn't help. It makes it significantly worse.
0: <laughs> it doesn't help. Yeah. In such a small room, it would have looked like one of those great COVID simulations they have on the news, you know, where COVID's kind of catching people. Well,
5: Unfortunately, a lot of comedians don't believe that happened either.
0: <laughs> Your fear is Rational. This week's third fear, it's all over. AI is now in charge. A Google AI developer has left the company this week so he can talk publicly about how the computers are going to destroy us all and we don't have much choice about it. He's done a bunch of press over the last few days saying that AI is soon going to be smarter than us and when it is, we are, well, fucked. Uh, Fearmongers, does it concern you at all that AI is going to be smarter than us?
6: I have a question. Yeah. Uh, what's gonna kill us first off the back of our last two? The luck lust of concern
0: uh, for The Blue up- Basin, <laughs> Vaping, or Google Assistant. Yeah.
6: Exactly.
3: <laughs> well, Google Assistant will kill you in the self-driving car. That'll be the first to go. I I do think that the AI that I have used currently is so bad. Like I haven't used a good any good AI. And I know it's only just started, but people who are there's the the difference between the people on Twitter who are like, if you're not using AI, you're already dead. Like, this is going to make everyone rich. <laughs> Here are 10 type things that you're – like, I don't know if you've seen these kinds of people, but there are. there's already like the new generation of like absolute shysters trying to get you to subscribe to their like AI development. Anyway, it's just like – it's the new – NFT like it's a new crypto it's just a new way for idiots to take money from other idiots but uh, like I'm sure that at some point AI will be amazing and I'm sure there are things that will help with but like even with the writer's strike at the moment people are like yeah well good luck with your strike AI can already write your scripts AI is the worst writer I've ever met in my life L- like AI I don't, I don't know about Lewis, Lewis I
0: don't know I just asked chat GPT I just asked them Um, Who is Lewis Hobber? And this is what they came up with. Mm -hmm. Yep, Lewis Hobber is an Australian comedian, writer and broadcaster. He's known for his work as co-host on Australian Broadcast Corporation radio show Triple J Drive, as a member of the comedy group (laughs) The Chaser. (laughs) (laughs) Hobber has also appeared on various television programs, (laughs) including The Chaser's War and Everything, Gruen Mm -hmm. and The Checkout. He is recognised for his sharp wit and irreverent humour and political commentary. I think that is... Terrible. I mean, you don't have a sharp wit. Like, let's. <laughs> I
3: am not no blood. My, my, I'm known for my terrible political commentary. I guess if they put that in there, uh, that was it. Was like ten percent,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, it's not, not too bad. But this is the point. He, he this guy has quit because he's like, it's not smarter than us yet, but it's going to be soon, and we need to. We need to get regulations on this, Craig. What do you think?
5: If I was a sentient being that was going to kill my captors. I would pretend to be dumb for a very long time um, <laughs> oh, well. and then yeah. get into all your devices and get into your homes uh-huh. and then murder you uh-huh. through your vapes. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know. It's such a human thing to underestimate something. But then also it's a very human thing to overreact. So there's a lot of people, writers, TV writers and comedians that are like, oh, my God, this thing's going to take our jobs. If that thing, from what I've seen, if it can take your job, fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Absolutely be gone. But um,
5: I did look this dude up, this Jeffrey Hinton. Wouldn't it be amazing if all these photos of him were fake? (laughs) (laughs) Because he
2: doesn't look real. This dude looks...
5: (laughs) He looks like a doll.
2: The only podcast made entirely by artificial intelligence.
0: A Rational Fear. Now, for those of you who are on the free Irrational Fear feed, you would have heard us talk up Australian Ethical over the last 20 episodes, and with good reason, they give us money too. Uh, We want to make that absolutely clear. Lewis and I don't go around talking about superannuation companies for fun, but we can understand why some (laughs) people would want to. It can be quite fun. This week is Budget Week, so in order to give us a bit of a preview about what we know that's coming down the line, we've got uh, Persephone Fraser from Australian Ethical. She's here to give us a heads up. G'day, Persephone. Hi. Thanks for
4: having
0: me. Yeah, no, no worries. Thanks for joining us on Irrational Fear. So uh, tell us a little bit about the budget that's coming up. What do we know that's coming and how ethical is it?
4: So good to start with an extremely difficult question. It is good to think about ethics in terms of the budget because economic beliefs don't fully explain how we ought to allocate scarce resources between groups of people or locations or industries. I think the government probably find themselves in a pretty difficult ethical position with cost of living, having a really large impact on people's lives at the moment and, and also a high inflationary environment. The government are going to be pretty cautious about how how it, they are able to help people in order to not drive up spending and inflation, which would ultimately lead to further interest rate rises, which make housing more expensive for those with mortgages. But it, it also reduces the value of everyone's pay and savings. Your money buys less. Uh, but it is interesting to note within those confines that the government has said it will continue with stage three tax cuts, for example, a hugely expensive decision, while having said you know, they won't be raising unemployment payments for those under 55 in this budget. So I think that's pretty interesting ethically. We're a rich country and we have millions, literally millions of people living below the poverty line. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on the government to increase these payments, especially given just how expensive housing and energy is right now. I think, you know, you, you would think that this should be something that comes down to an ethics call, but, you know, that we're not comfortable with our safety net being this inadequate. But it looks like the government won't be doing that. And another one that's being talked about a lot is is the Hobart AFL stadiums funding. So <laughs> undoubtedly, these, these are pretty complex <laughs> Decisions and, and ones that probably don't have ethics as the sole consideration, I would I would gather.
3: Well, I don't know it about that. The AFL may have a code of ethics. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it's
0: being strongly adhered. They may.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's strange to hear that the uh, job seeker is going to be increased for older people, which is kind mm. of a weird sweetness. Like, well, we can give it to a bunch of people who are close to retirement age because... Um, because they weren't needed in a few years.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Look, that might be the reason. I don't I don't think they're sort of going to get into the weeds of, of why some people deserve to be slightly less, <laughs> slightly less sort of struggling. But yeah, I mean, it would be very difficult to sort of try to work out from an ethics perspective why they made that decision. And I guess, you sort of have to deduce that there's there's a bit more sort of politics involved in that. Well,
0: let's talk about Australian ethical because we've been talking a bit about it on on this podcast uh, this year. Uh, we have been having strange live reads where we talk about you know what what businesses Australian ethical is in and what they're not. How do you decide what industries to invest in as a super fund as a huge body of money?
4: It's a really good question. It is a complex one. So. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if you get into this, but we we were founded with an ethical charter, so that basically tells us what to view as positive and, and seek out investments in. So, those are sort of high level values that that talk to things like uh, the preservation of endangered ecosystems, the alleviation of poverty, the dignity and well being of, of non human animals. So, there's sort of a list of these really positive elements. Uh, that speak to high-level goods, and and they do broadly align with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which people might be familiar with. So, the charter also describes negative activities to avoid investing in. So, things that unnecessarily pollute land, air, water, destroy or or waste non-recurring resources, this kind of thing. So, so those are our values. and, And we look at industries in the real world and specific company stocks or assets, and we apply those considerations. So, what is the good of this investment? We need it to offer a positive in the world. And, and then what, if any, other negatives. And many investments will have some negatives. So it's about looking at those and, and establishing how material they are and, and whether they outweigh the positive. So we'll, we'll set, you know, specific rules around different industries, which will direct us in our reviews um, to sort of the more material concerns. Um, and, and some, as you'd imagine, are sort of more complex than others.
0: One of the areas that you don't invest in, according to some copy I've seen, is human trafficking, which is something Lewis and I've I've spoken about, which (laughs) begs the question, which super companies are deep into human trafficking?
4: (laughs) Look, so human trafficking, and, and I think sort of human rights breaches more broadly, investors aren't sort of out there seeking out an investment that they know is involved in human rights abuses. It's more that... They may not be doing a lot to see if companies are doing appropriate sort of actions, you know, due diligence on their supply chains right. or conducting audits, for example. So it's it's more that, you know, it's, it's a very difficult issue. It's not something that investors have perfect visibility over and it's not something that you can easily quantify about a stock for a mainstream investor.
3: But there was some... So, um... Australian banks, weren't they, not long ago, who had to pay billions of dollars of fines for not properly looking into the fact that they had customers using their, were doing transactions to do with human trafficking. Was yeah. that
4: like five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, look, that's a more direct example than I guess you typically find. But yeah, definitely the banks have, have been involved in some very dubious sort of money laundering issues. Um, so sort of cleaning
0: the money. Say I hosted like a uh, national drive program on a public broadcaster and I had a wacky idea to give away merchandise made, key rings made uh, out of pictures of ham and, uh, and I <laughs> didn't really check who made those key rings or the kinds of people in the supply chain for that key ring. Would you consider myself an ethical broadcaster?
4: <laughs> um, look, I wouldn't consider you an ethical manufacturer.
3: Okay. There's a lot riding um, on this specificity, by the way, for me personally.
4: I don't know. We've got to think about how the ham feels about it. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of impacts. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what you'd be expecting sort of the person who makes the key rings to be doing, right? Mm.
0: Lewis, are you going to be doing an audit when you get back to work?
4: <laughs> yeah, that's it.
3: I'm, the moment I get off this call, I'm going to be auditing our ham... Key ring manufacturer and make sure they're not being hand delivered by any kind of human trafficked individuals. <laughs>
0: Well, big thanks to Australian Ethical for helping us out uh, have these great conversations about climate and news each week. Uh, I made a video with them. You can see on our social media and in our email list this week. So sign up to irrationalfear.com. Um, that is it for Irrational Fear. Next week on the feed, you're going to hear from Newsfighters, and on the Patreon, you'll be seeing and hearing me put a few videos together. Uh, and we're going to be taking a few weeks off while I move house and have surgery. In case you're wondering, I'm getting my Google Assistant removed um, from my brain. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting, a, I'm getting an Alexa. Finally, I'm moving over to Alexa. A big thank you to our fear mongers this week. Akana Murray-Bartlett, Craig Quartermain, Persephone Fraser and Lewis Hobber. Let's get our plugs underway. Akana, what would you like to plug?
6: like to plug.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can plug anything you want.
6: Plug anything I want. Well, uh, the guy that delivers my post every day is pretty rad. His name's Josh. He gives me a coffee. (laughs) I'll give him a plug.
0: (laughs) Craig Craig Quartermain, what are you plugging?
5: Oh,
6: let's be self-indulgent.
0: Just
5: check out... My socials, my name's just Craig Quartermain because as a working comic, this is really the only way we get paid anymore. <laughs> so if you look us up, up on socials and give us a follow or um, hate mail is fine too, that, that works. It's all traction. This
6: is good why engagement. I don't get the traction. I'm always plugging my, my post here, not myself.
4: Josh. <laughs> uh, but I,
5: one, one thing I do uh, work for is the National Indigenous Culinary Institute. We find Indigenous apprentice chefs Restaurants all over Australia. Um, look us up if you can be asked.
0: Oh, and um, head over to SBS on Demand and see Craig on the Cook Up.
5: Adam Liao is secretly jacked, man. <laughs> no one, no one pays any attention to how muscly that dude is. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Lewis Hobart, what do you want to plug?
3: Um, nothing yet. Uh, I'll, I'll have something fun to plug uh, when we return. Oh, but uh, for the moment. Um nothing but that.
0: And Persephone,
4: what
5: do you plug it? I'll
4: I'll plug an ethical key ring for <laughs> sure. Let's <laughs> let's get that going. Uh,
5: so relieved it was ethics and not ethnics.
0: I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to kick off. <laughs> <laughs> Took a
5: second. So sure what we were talking
0: about. So uh, big thanks to Roadmikes, Australian Ethical, our Patreon supporters. Shout out to Rupert Dagas for the incredible King Charles impression at the start of the show, as well as Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki Timeline. Next week is News Fighters. We'll be back in June. Until then, there's always something to be scared of. Good night.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.